0: There are many stories that go through my mind as I, as I bring my pastor to the stage. He's my pastor. He's the one that I said that, uh, you know, I will make myself accountable to, and he is a, a, a great man. He's a great man. And there are many stories that I could share with you. I mean, I, I've, I've done life personally with him for many years, and uh, there's a lot of funny ones. I remember this one time. Uh, pastor when we were <laughs> we were out in berlin heights <laughs> and, uh, we were hunting and and the cops came man and the cops came and i heard the cops calling and i was hiding under a log man i wasn't gonna move and, and uh and pastor said come on troy it's okay <laughs> i wasn't coming out of the woods unless the pastor called me i was i was staying there i'm like no nah, the cops don't know i'm here i'm i know this game i'm gonna hide underneath this log Another time we was hunting in the middle of nowhere. And I'm not going to say we, were tra- we weren't trespassing, but, you know, because the earth is the Lord's and fullness thereof. So we didn't really know, you know what I mean? But we walked up on this old fella, you know, this big, this big old boy. And, and, uh, and, and Pastor had this saying, you know, whenever he meet, he met somebody, it didn't matter if he knew them or not. He was going to introduce himself in a certain kind of way just to kind of knock the ice off the situation. He walked up. This dude was mad. This big old country fella was mad. He was, what are you doing on my property? And Pastor, Pastor walked up and said, hey, I'm Pastor Greg. Church on the North Coast, good to meet you in the middle of the woods, we're all covered in orange. Didn't matter, he just greeted him like that. I got so many of those stories. One time we was down in Jackson, and we, we we couldn't hunt. And his little brother said, His little brother, but he's huge, you know what I mean? He carries so big, and I'll never forget it. Man. We were sitting there, we was all depressed because we ain't seen a deer in four days. Just yeah, literally, you ain't seen nothing, man. We didn't see a squirrel, groundhog, nothing, bird, nothing. And, and, uh, and Gary, we all came back all downtrodden and sad. And I'm, man, there ain't no deer here. Where we gotta go? And, and uh, Gary said, "Come on, Bubba, go get us a deer." I swear to you, we went out after lunch. We didn't see Pastor Greg for five hours. It was dark. Pastor Greg come walking across that field he was all bloody. He was like, he got us a deer. Gary said, Bubba, Bubba, got us a deer. You know, I'm like, man. And uh, this other time, probably the most notable time that changed my life forever, we were over at the 65 Acres. I didn't really know Jesus much at all. I met him when I was like six in front of a TV watching Jimmy Swaggart. And I was across this field and some of y'all weren't very nice to me that night, and some of y'all are here. I, I see you here right now. I see you. Where you at? I see you right here. Right. And they were harassing me, you know, because I was a roughneck, and they were hiding in the bushes, you know, making fun of me. And eventually I was just like, I don't. you know what, I'm going to beat up all of you boys, you know. So I got mad. I ended up walking out, and I got about... I got about to Jaeger Road, and I see this guy running across the field at me. And I said, "That's it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch this guy in the mouth." I'm like, what happens? He comes. This guy comes running. He's running, and I'm like, no, "I'm going, I'm going to hit him! I'm going to hit him!" And then he came with, "Hey, hey, hey!" And I went to hit him. You know, I, I turned to hit like that, and I looked, and he was, he was crying, and his face looked like Jesus, and he was crying, and I was frozen paralyzed by the presence of Jesus. It's the first time I've ever seen the tangible presence of God on a man that way. And ever since that day, my life has never been the same. And I want you to make welcome to the stage today, my pastor, Pastor Greg Ball, as he comes to preach the word of the Lord.
1: God is good, isn't he? <laughs> you messed me up, Troy. I love Pastor Troy. There's nobody like him. I am uh, uh, pastoring a church in Naples, Florida, and uh, we are um, so blessed to be able to do what we do, but I can't do what he does, man. I mean, to manage four campuses and to just keep the organization in structure, and I know he's thankful for Don. Don and Adam Dewey are just an amazing gift to this house. Could you give the leadership team and all the staff and... The board and elders, this is a great big thank you. Amen. I love uh, all of them so much. I'm going to get all this stuff out of my pocket. I'm just going to be me today and I'm going to reminisce too because we have just, um, just sitting there, all the memories going through my mind of I was a youth pastor here for 14 years, the assistant pastor for a couple years, and then God began to speak to us about making a transition to Naples, Florida, and I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And to be honest with you, there was a lot of flesh in it. I was hurt, I was upset, and I just needed to get away and and didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, we packed up our family and moved, and um, it wasn't long after that, Kenny Garrison, and somebody said, Kenny's here. Where's Kenny and Elsa? I love you, Ken. (laughs) Ken and Elsa packed up their family and came to be with us, and oh man, Pam and Alan Forbes were children's pastors back then, they came to be with us, and it's just been an amazing journey. I've got so many great, great memories of um, being in a back room, the offices used to be on this side, and uh, we had a little connection room there, a little room where we'd have for, for all the guests. I remember sitting in there with T.D. Jakes having chicken dinner in that room, and just watching him eat that chicken dinner, man, all over his face. Um, I I can just remember Marilyn Hickey being in this house. A lot of you were here, right? And Destiny was a little baby. My daughter Destiny was a little baby. And I remember sitting in pastor's office uh, just waiting for her to come out, and she wanted Destiny to get in her lap. And she just held my daughter and prayed over her. Just amazing, the memories of... Do you remember when we first dedicated this building to the Lord and Dr. Lester Summerall was here and he asked us, how many steps are here? Seven steps here. And he preached for two hours on seven steps. And, uh, man, it was just amazing. Uh, Keith Butler, have you ever heard of Keith Butler? Bishop Keith Butler was in the house. And um, his pilot was here. The pastor said when, when he gets off the stage... You go with him to the back room. And I said, okay. And I don't know what to do. I just, I didn't say anything. I just walked in there. And uh, I remember Keith Butler Butler looking at me and saying, "Um, where's your little boy's room at? I said, yes, sir. And I took him into the restroom. He said, go get my pilot. Tell him I'm ready to go. So I walked in, told the pilot ready to go. And we're walking down the, the back of the hallway behind the church here. There's a hallway that goes through there. Bishop Keith Butler didn't know me from anybody, turned and looked at me and pointed at me, Marty. He said, I'm going to tell you something, son. You teach your people to win one person to Jesus, and you'll never have an empty seat in the back hallway. And I, I, I had no plans of being a pastor. I had no plans. I mean, I was a youth pastor here, but I thought I'd be here forever, you know. But that got seeded into me the importance of us being soul winners and winning people to Jesus, and it changed my life. Um, I can remember, um, man, just story after story. One time, uh, we had service on Sunday nights. So we were having Sunday night church and got finished with Sunday night church. And we were living on uh, Quarry Road then. And so we jumped on I-2 and we're driving to get off at the Oak Point Road. And my wife pulls up beside me and she turns her light on in the car. And she said, where's Jordan. And Jordan was a baby. He was just a baby in a, in a, in a car seat. And I, I said, you have him. She said, no, let me see him. Turn your, turn your light on, and let me see him. I said, I don't have him. You have him. We left him in church. <laughs> Jim Johnson was already gone. If Jim's gone, the doors are locked, everything's done, man. Jim, Jim locked up, closed the doors. We came in and Jordan was sitting right behind uh, in our front seat in the little car seat sleeping. Lights was off. Everybody was gone. I thought my wife was going to kill me, man. But I, I thought she had him. It's just been so many great, great memories and so many great stories in this room. I see a lot of the faces of youth ministry, the um, Erica and just Ron and Cindy and Brian and on and on and on. I asked before, I'll ask again, if you were a part of youth ministry, could you stand up on your feet right now? If you were a part of Fresh Fire Youth Ministry, could you give all these guys a great big hand and a great big welcome? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to share just for a few minutes. Fresh fire in the house, man. God is good. Amen. So I've been anticipating coming, we talked a few months ago about me coming to be here and... There was a lot going on here at the church, and pastor's pastor was like, I need you, I need you. And I said, baby, I, I'll come in like June, July. <laughs> and Dawn kept calling, and she said, we really need you to come. And I said, well, I want to be there. Let's, can we do it like in June or July? And She said, well, pastor's really asking for you to come. And I said, okay, I'll be there. And I've been anticipating getting here to speak and to, just to reconnect with everybody. And I was looking forward to what water I was going to get. You remember Pastor Troy preaching about square water or round water, and the important people get square water? I got round water. (laughs) I was looking forward to square water this morning. Amen. Let me start with this, all right? There was a guy that showed up at the pearly gates, and uh, they said to the guy, he said, "What, what have you done to deserve to be here? And, uh, and I don't know how P- St. Peter always gets the credit for being the one at the pearly gates, but I-, I Googled it. I couldn't figure out why, why Peter's always the one at the pearly gates, but I he said, Hey, what do you deserve to, why do you deserve to be here at, you know, in heaven? And, uh, he said, well, I was at the grand Canyon and there was a motorcycle gang there and they were picking on a woman. And, uh, I just stood up for her and I said, Hey, you guys need to leave her alone and just stop. And, uh, they refused to stop. And I said, listen, guys, if you don't stop, you're going to have to deal with me. And uh, so they didn't stop. So uh, I, uh, I just slapped the one guy on his face and knocked him down. I grabbed his motorcycle. I flipped it over. I grabbed his nose ring, and I ripped it out. And St. Peter said, man, when did that happen? I said, about three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get into Word, and if you have your Bible, I want you to go to Psalms chapter 4, verse 3. We're going to go through some Scripture together today. And I just want to say to everybody, do do not ever let this church become a normal church. Don't ever let His presence become normal in your life and just go, ah, it's just normal, you know. It's just normal church. I'm just a normal Christian. You were never called to be a Christian, And Christian isn't a bad term. I'm so thankful that I carry the the, the name, I am a Christian. But that was never our intention. The Bible only mentions Christianity twice in the King James Bible. And both of those were in a negative sense. And so if you just get settled into saying, I'm a Christian, you're going to miss the heart of God. We were never called to be Christians. We were called to be disciples. We were called to be disciplined followers of Christ. And normal Christianity isn't working. It just isn't working. So many Christians are paralyzed in the spiritual realm. They're stuck, in, they're stuck in this pattern of just going through the motions, coming to church, giving some money, showing up every weekend, listening to the worship and worshiping God in church and then leaving the church and becoming normal Christians. And God never called us to that. He didn't call us to live normal Christianity. We are called to live in the Supernatural and the supernatural should be normal in our lives every day. Amen? We're called to be set apart for his purpose. Psalm 4, verse 3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. He set apart those people who refuse to live normal, who refuse to live an average Christian life. He said the people that are called to be godly, I've set them apart for my use. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul said this, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. We are not supposed to be normal. Amen? I'm going to show you um, a picture. Bobby wanted to be here with me today, and, and she's not here, but my sister Debbie came, and her daughter Ashley is here, and I'm great to see her. But this is my family. That's That's my wife, Bobby. That's Destiny in the back on top there. And then that's Jordan's kids, and that's my son, Jordan. So that's Jordan, Destiny, Bobby. And then Titus, Tegan is the tall girl in the middle, and little River is on the right. And then that's uh, little baby Rowan. Rowan, River, Titus, and Tegan. But that's my family, amen? So listen, we're not supposed to be normal, and the supernatural should be normal in our lives. The definition of normal is the usual, average, typical state or condition. Normal in the world equals broken, messed up, broken and messed up. And somehow, unfortunately, what we see in the world has become normal in the church. We see so many people who are living with normalcy in their life, and we're not called to that. Normal in the world is bad news, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. When we were kids, we lived here in Lorraine. I grew up in Lorraine, I went to Lorraine High School. I lived here my whole life until '46, and moved to Naples and started the church there. But when we were kids, when we lived here, there was five, eight and three. That's it. Channel three, channel five, channel eight. And then if you had good antennas on your thing, you could, zo- could kind of get channel 43 to come in every now and then. right? Aluminum foil, coat hangers on that thing, trying to get it to get a signal. But news went off at 11 o'clock. It came on at 11 o'clock and went for one hour. That was including sports. That was including everything, weather, everything. One hour, it was off. And they said, good night. TV went off. We went to bed. Now you you got news, bad news, 24 hours a day, seven days a week pumped into our brains. And it's become normal to always look for what's bad in the world. What's negative in the world? And we're not called to that, church. That's not who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to have an attitude of gratitude. We're supposed to live expecting good things in our life, expecting the glory of God to show up in our lives. Miracles, signs, and wonders should be normal in the life of a follower of Christ. I mean, how, how many Christians do we have in church today that are living frustrated? Huh? I mean, we can just ask how how much of your week is a frustrating week, and you're just frustrated at everything that's going on, and just living and with stress and tension in our lives. And God didn't call us to that. Listen, I I raise my hand like frustration tries to get on me, and I'm the pastor of the church, and I I find myself frustrated. I go to Walmart in Naples, Florida, and I counted there's 47 checkout lanes, and I'm in a hurry. And I go in there to grab something real quick, and I look, and there's 47 checkout lanes, and only three of them have cashiers at the register. And I'm like, what in the world? 47 lanes, we, we're here because we want to get in and get out. We don't want to sit here in a long line waiting to check out. And so I make my way over to the express lane. And I go to the express lane, and it clearly states 10 items or less. And I got a woman sitting there with a five-year-old daughter or son, I couldn't tell, in the shopping cart. And the shopping cart is overflowing with items. And I'm sitting there so frustrated. I'm like, ma'am, can you read 10 items or less? I didn't say that, but you know I was thinking that. And she's in a fighting match with her five-year-old. She slaps the five-year-old, five-year-old slaps her back, and they're in this big fighting match, and I'm just sitting there going, what in the world? And I find myself in a spirit of frustration, and that's not what we're called to. Listen, I'm just going to remind everybody in here, if you are on route two, the left lane is the fast lane. Come on. Amen? You know, I, I, can't, I, I, I get, and I'm just venting some things to you today, but <laughs> it's gotten really busy in Naples, a lot of people there. In, in the off-season, we're about 320,000 people in the city. But in season, that number goes to about 1.5 million. That's how many people come to our city. And if I'm sitting at a red light, and I'm looking and waiting for the light to turn green, And the light turns green. And as soon as the light turns green, I begin to pull out. And the guy behind me is going, blowing the horn. That does not speed me up. In fact, it gives me a tendency to pull out really slow. And sometimes I'll even turn my windshield wipers on and decide to wash my windows to help the guy behind me. It's frustration, and, and listen to me. When it happens in our lives, we've got to realize we're not called to live in that. We're called to live in the supernatural, and I've got to put my flesh and my body in check and my mind in check and say, listen, I'm the pastor of the church. I can't live around this city and go around this city with frustration in my heart, and I'm telling you as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower of Christ, you got to get frustration out of your heart. you got to get your mind focused on the supernatural and believe God for miracles, signs and wonders it's changed me now if I'm at the red light someone's in front of me and the light turns I'm not on my horn just blowing my horn I might give them a little beep beep just to get them moving but I'm like I got to represent Christ and so does everybody in this room we got to represent Jesus Christ normal in the world has become normal in the church And I'm not going to preach all the negatives to you, but I'm just telling you right now, if we took a survey in this room, half of the people in this room have been through a divorce. One or two of them. Because what's in the world has become normal in the church And I'm just telling you, our mindsets have got to change. If we're going to impact Lorraine, if we're going to impact this city, if you've been called here to be a part of this house, if you're visiting today, I I just challenge you to connect here because this is not a normal church. We're not going to live normal Christianity. We're going to go above and beyond. We're going to forgive people who don't deserve to be forgiven. We're going to love people who don't deserve to be loved. And we're going to be Jesus with skin on. Amen. Amen. People treat marriage like it's, like, like okay, it, let's just, it's done. We don't get along, it's over. We can't live that way, guys. Bobby and I have been married 37 years, and we've had our moments, we've had our challenges, we've got, we've had hard times, but I'm telling you, we made a decision a long time ago. This is till death do us part, and we're going to stick it out. And if you've been through a divorce, I understand it. I, it's in my church as well as it is here. We love everybody, but we're not going to give up on the fact that they, this can become a divorce-free church. This can become a cancer-free church. We can stand on the word of God and declare we are not normal, we are supernatural. Amen. Normal in the world has become normal in the church. Depression is normal. You just Christians depressed, just sad and broken. Christians living with pills to go to bed at night, pills to get up in the morning. tired is normal. How you doing? I'm tired. I'm just tired, man. What are you tired from? Just busy, man. Life's busy. And and, and we're Christians. And we're supposed to get out of that mode of just being tired. Why do you think they're selling so many Red Bulls and monsters and five-hour energy drink? Because people are just tired. And we're supposed to have energy from the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to have life in us and life more abundantly. Being in debt is normal. The average Christian family is $16,000 in credit card debt. Educational system is broken in America. It's messed up. They're indoctrinating our kids and our children to believe garbage that isn't gospel, that isn't truth. And they're pumping that into their heads. Do you know it costs about $80,000 to go to college at a Christian school to become a youth pastor? $80,000. dollars I ain't paying no youth pastor $80,000. I'm just telling you. Like, it's just mind-boggling what our education has become. And I'm for education. I think everybody needs to get a college education and do all that you can. But you better understand and know you're not called to be in that educational system. You're called to go in there with the glory of God and the power of God in your life. And instead of them transforming you, you bring the gospel in there and transform the educational system. Amen? I wonder what you've gotten used to living with in your home. I wonder what you call normal in your home anxiety, depression, fear, isolation. Listen, we still have people in Naples, Florida that won't come to church because of COVID. I'm like, really? Like, I didn't shut our church down when we, when we, when we, get, had the COVID thing happen. Now, I'm, not, I'm not bragging. I'm going to tell you, I had to learn. I had to learn because when we first heard about COVID and everything that was going on, a lot of churches were shutting down, not having service. I didn't have anybody in the church that was sick. And I said, I'm not shutting down. Our kids went to children's camp and they were gone to Sarasota, took 38 kids to kids camp. And when they came home, 14 of the leaders had caught COVID at kids camp. And so they called me and said, Pastor Greg, we're, we're not going to be able to be in church. We tested positive for COVID. I didn't know what to do. I said, listen, we're going to cancel church for a couple of weeks and just see what's going on with all this stuff. I canceled church, did everything online. I preached to an empty church, just me and a camera guy and preached the sermons. After two weeks, I got the message that everybody in the church, everybody in the church that had COVID was, was better. And so I said, okay, we're having church next week. Listen, when I canceled church for two weeks, I had people get up and leave our church and they've never come back. They said, you don't have any faith. You don't have any faith. I said, well, I don't know what's going on, but Israel shut the country of Israel down. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to follow some, some, in my heart, what's going on. And I shut it down for two weeks. And then I got the message. Everybody was healed. I'm calling everybody. Anybody sick? Everybody sick? I don't know. If anybody's sick? I opened the church. I had people leave the church and say, you're reckless. They left the church. The biggest giver in our church left and said, you're reckless. He was a doctor. He said, I'm not coming back. He left the church. And from that moment on, I said, listen, I ain't worried about what anybody else is doing. I'm going to listen to the voice of God, and I ain't shutting down no more. I'm never going to bow the knee. I'm not doing this anymore. And I stood in faith and said, you know what? And I didn't didn't do the social distancing. Why? Because we can't be normal. We're supernatural. We serve a supernatural God. And yes, we need to be wise, and yes, we need to understand what's going on. But listen to me. You can't become a normal church. You can't live a normal Christian life. You were called to be out of that realm and into the supernatural. I wonder what we've gotten used to living without, and we call it normal. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness goodness faith meekness which is submission temperance which is self-restraint i wonder if we've gotten used to living without that stuff and we call ourselves followers of christ when jesus said listen if you're going to follow me you got to deny yourself take up your cross and follow me you can't live the normal life and be a christian you got to get into the supernatural realm of expectancy and believing god for miracles how much dysfunction has creeped into our families and our church and into our, into our lives? And we've just adjusted to it and we call it number, we call it normal. How much like the world have we become? Families don't pray together. They never read their Bible. They never talk about the word together. Church is optional. If it feel good, if the weather's nice, I'll go to church. If it's not nice, I'm not going to church. I'll watch it online. That's the, what the world does, guys. But when we live in the supernatural, when we've been empowered with the Holy Spirit, we refuse to go through the motions of Christianity, and we empower ourselves with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we become fully devoted disciples. Yeah. Second Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. We're not supposed to be normal because normal isn't working. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is the way of death. It ought not to be normal for a Christian man or woman to come home and scream and yell and fight all day in their home. And if you're experiencing that right now, you've got to know something. That's normal for the world, but it's not normal for followers of Christ. It's, it should not be normal that you come home and say nothing to your family. That you come home from work and you're tired and exhausted, you get in your favorite chair, flip on the TV and watch the TV until the dinner's ready and have dinner and nobody's talking at the dinner table. It's like that's wrong. That's normal. That's not who we are as believers. We've got to have the joy of the Lord in our heart. We've got to have the peace of God in our lives and it should be different in our homes. Amen? I am amazed at the language that comes out of a Christian's mouth. I play, uh, I play golf a lot. I love to play golf, um, and uh, sometimes we get paired up with another twosome or someone that's not, you know, a Christian. Most of the time I, I play golf with Christians in the church and things, but every now and then you get to playing golf with somebody, and they're hit a bad shot and they're cussing, and they're using God's name in vain. And as soon as I hear it, I go up, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And they tell me what they do. I said, "I'm a pastor." I'm a pastor, like Troy was saying about the guy yelling at me in the woods. I just want to let him know, man, that's not my heart, I'm a pastor. So I go up to the guy, I say, what do you do for a living? He tells me, I said, oh man, that's good, I'm glad to be out here with you, and I'm a pastor. As soon as I say I'm a pastor, oh, pastor, forgive me for what, forgive me, man, for using those words, you know, pardon my French. I'm like, brother, that's not French, that's cussing. You know, and as soon, as soon as they know I'm a pastor, they're guarded and trying to watch what they say. Sickness is way too normal in the church. It's way too normal in the church. If we did a healing line today, half of the church would or could be in the, in, in the healing service. Right? Because that's normal in the world. But it shouldn't be normal in Christianity. Yes, there is real sickness and yes, it does come upon us, but we've got to get ourselves in the supernatural and realize I am the healed of the Lord and no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And if sickness comes into my world, yes, I'm going to deal with it, but I, want, I, I am the healed of the Lord. If some of our Christian homes, if we could go through your home, some of your Christian homes, you have more pharmaceutical drugs than Walmart does. It's like cabinets and cabinets of pills and cabinets of, of, of medicine. And I, I'm all for if you need medicine to take it. And I'm not telling anybody don't. But listen to me. That's normal living for people. And you're a Holy Ghost believer, a spirit-filled man or a woman of God. you got to live in the power of his word. Amen? Amen. I wonder uh, how much cussing you will listen to on television before you flip the channel. I wonder how much nudity would be in a movie before you would get up and walk out of the theater and tell them to keep your $11 or whatever it costs to get in there. You know what I'm saying? And we're, we're living these normal Christian lives and patterns like, we, and we can't church if we can't let it be in our lives you've got to operate in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. You should wake up every day, every morning and first thing you ought to do is welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. You ought, to, you ought to live saying, good morning Holy Spirit thank you for empowering me today thank you that signs and wonders will follow me today. Thank you Lord God that you will work with me and be with me and everywhere I go I'll carry the blessing of God And others who come into my presence will know that they've been with Jesus with skin on. Amen? How long are you going to keep smoking? Read the packet. It says it's killing you. It says this is harmful to your health. And I understand. Look, I understand. If you've got that addiction, it's a hard addiction to break. But I'm just telling you, it may not send you to hell, but it's going to make you smell like you've been there. You need to get it out of your life. How much alcohol will you keep consuming and saying, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ, when when Jesus says, man, get that stuff out of your life. You don't need it. It's killing you. It's it's bringing division. It's bringing pain into your life. And I'm just telling you, believers, we've got to step into the supernatural. we got to get free from addiction. You can't keep reading your Bible on your iPhone and watching porn on your iPhone you got to get it out of your life. Why? Because there's a world that is dying and going to hell, and you and I are the answer. We carry the message of the gospel. We've got to live in the supernatural. We've got to step into the supernatural and live with expectation for God's goodness. Ephesians 2, verses 2 through 10. I'm going to tell you, this morning, I woke up at the hotel, and... uh, I pulled the blinds up a little bit and looked out there, and I repented to God for complaining about Naples, Florida. I was complaining because it was 40 degrees, and, it was, and the, weather was just, uh, the weather was just brutal, and, and we're having church outside in a big barn, and I was like, Lord, why, why, God, why? And then I woke up this morning, looked out there, and said, God, I'm never complaining no more. I love you, Jesus. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 2 and 10 Through 10. And you, He made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, which is normal, according to the Prince and the power of the air, the Spirit who works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted our lives, ourselves, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're of the same nature, and we're by nature the children of wrath. Just as the others, normal. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, raised us up together, and made us to sit in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace we have been saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should not walk normal. That we should not live normal. We should not have normal thinking patterns. We should see every situation, every circumstance that we go to as an opportunity for God to show his grace and his goodness. Everything that we're going through in this life, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world and every time I go through a storm and Every time I go through a trial, I have to remind myself that all these things are working together for good, and I'm not going to grumble, and I'm not going to complain, and I'm not going to live like a normal person. I'm going to live with the expectancy of Jesus Christ, that he has called me, he has chosen me, he's anointed me, he's put his spirit in me, and I live by the spirit of the living God, and I refuse to live like this world. Come on, I'm unwilling to live without the power of the gospel for my life to set me free and others free who God brings into my life. We have to stop living life as we've known it and start living life as he promised it. Amen? You can write that down. We need to stop living life as we've known it and start living life as he promised it. We need to live in the supernatural. A supernatural marriage, a a supernatural parenting, supernatural grandchildren. Listen, kids are great, but grandkids are better. Amen. Amen? And I'm telling you, I want to pattern my life after Jesus. I want my children to see Jesus in me. I want my grandkids to see Jesus in me. I want to stand before you here at Church on the North Coast and tell you I am not perfect by far, but I'm walking in the grace of God. I'm living in the supernatural. I refuse to be a normal Christian. I refuse to be a normal pastor. I refuse to go through this life in normality. It's supernatural every day. I wake up every day and want to know God. You gave me purpose, you gave Gave me life, and I know today is gonna to be a good day. Amen. We need to live naturally supernatural. Are you bringing me a square water?
0: Pastor try wants you have a square water.
1: I'm gonna open it, drink some. We need to live naturally supernatural. Amen. Christ offers us a weird lifestyle. Amen. He offers us a weird life out. 2 Peter 2, 9, your chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, not normal, not average, not just going through the motions, not just trying to get to heaven. I'm bringing heaven to earth. I'm, I'm bringing everything that God has in heaven to this earth, and I'm sharing it with everybody everywhere I go that God has a good plan for your life. It's a plan of purpose. It's a plan of power. A peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at somebody and ask them, are you peculiar? Tell them you look peculiar. Amen? Colossians 3, 1 through 7. If then you were raised with Christ Jesus, seek seek those things which are above. That word seek is to pursue it, to go after it, to expect it. Where Christ is above, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not the things of this earth. You died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our Lord, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to the death the members of your, your members which are on the earth. And he tells you what to put to death fornication, uncleanness, passion. Uh, Passion, evil, desires, covetousness, which are idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them, when you were normal. But when you come to faith in Christ, you're not supposed to live that way anymore. You're not supposed to say, I'm a Christian and still have depression in your life. If depression comes in your life, you got to deal with it and you got to drive it out. If you come into a place where you don't have peace in your heart, you got to get with Jesus. And He said, Jesus, Fill me with your peace because Jesus is peace. Jesus is joy. Jesus is love. And we, the believers of Jesus Christ, the disciples of Jesus Christ, have to live with those things in our lives. It should be normal. 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Therefore come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean, and I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you, and you shall be called my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Peter 2 2 and 11 says this, Beloved, I beg you, as soldiers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Have you conducted uh, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles? that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may buy your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Man, your your coworkers are to see Jesus in you. Your neighbors are to see Jesus with you. When you go to the grocery store and you're just walking around looking to see what you need to get, people are to pass by you and sense there's something good in that person. There's something great in that person. Don't live normal. Don't let your face always be going down. Push your face up. If some of you could see what I see right now, your faces are so frowned and going, it's natural. Gravity keeps sucking your face down. And you got to push your face up and smile and know that I am not normal. I'm not going to go around like a grumpy old man, just mad at everything, kicking everything, just mad about everything. That's not who we're called to be. Don't be normal. Push your face up and smile and say, I am a child of the Most High God. I've been brought into the kingdom of God for such a time as this, and I refuse to live normal in this world. Amen. matthew 7, thirteen enter by the narrow gate, which is the, which is wide, and the gate is broad, is the way that leads to destruction that's normal it, it, and there's so many that live that way. And verse 14 says the narrow gate is a difficult way which leads to life. And there are few that found it. I want to tell you something about church on the north coast. This church was founded to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We've been in this church together for many years. And I'm telling you, don't ever let it become normal. Don't ever take it for granted. Realize that this is a special place and you're his own special people. We need to live naturally, supernatural. Let's make a confession. I asked Matt and the team to put this confession on. If you have your, your camera, why don't you take a picture of this and just get it into your spirit? We believe the gifts of heaven are available to all believers, and their demonstration is a natural extension of the Christian life. It's not weird, it's powerful. It's not weird to live with joy in your heart. It's not weird to have peace in your home. It's not weird to have the love of God flowing through you and out of you. It should be normal for us as followers of Christ. All believers should flow in the supernatural. Everybody shout flow. Flow. Every believer should flow in the supernatural. It should be natural for us. Listen, this, what we see with our eyes is not all there is. There is a super, supernatural realm. There is a spirit realm that Jesus gave us dominion in, and he told us to live with the power and authority that God has put in our lives. Spiritual battles must be fought in the spiritual realm. You can't fight a supernatural devil in the natural He's a supernatural devil, and you have to fight him in the Spirit. And God wants to restore his power to the church. God wants to restore his power to your life, his power to your marriage, his power to your business. God wants you living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were pressed to the devil, for God was with him. It's, Jesus wasn't weird. He was supernatural. The Bible says when he talked to people, he taught as one having authority or power. And you and I got to carry that same power in our daily lives. We got to carry it in our schools. You can't go to school and go to high school and be a normal high school attender. You're not called to be normal. You carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is with you and God wants to restore everybody into his power. The Bible says he taught Peter how to catch a fish and take a coin out of the fish's mouth and pay their taxes. You read that and you go, what in the world? That's, that's power. That's dunamis power. That's the power of God. God has so many ways to bless us if we won't live normal. God has so many ways to bless your life. You won't even recognize what God can do with you if you'll just live in the power of the Holy Spirit and refuse to live normal. The supernatural should not be a visitation on a Sunday. It should be a habitation on a Monday. It should be in your homes every Monday, every Tuesday. It should be in your family. Supernatural. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. There is so much power in the name of Jesus. When you pray, you close that prayer out in the name of Jesus. When you're going through trials and you're going through storms, you close that thing, I say, in the name of Jesus. Today is going to be a good day. It's going to get brighter and brighter today. It's not going bad to worse and worse to worse. No, that's the world's way. And I'm just telling all of us, come on. We are supernatural believers empowered with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. The Christian life should never be boring. It shouldn't be boring. There should be exciting things happen every day. Luke 9 and 1, he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Power and authority over all demons to cure all diseases. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. There's so much of power available through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. To live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-8. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When we get to heaven, we are going to be shocked to know what we could have done. I I just really believe when we get to heaven and and God begins to show us what the power of the Holy Spirit could have been, made, made available to you and I as believers, you remember when we was a kid, they used to have the little V8 juices in a can? And they had the commercial, and the guy would go, Wow, I could have had a V8 wow, I could have had a VA. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, wow, you mean I could have cast the devil out of that person? Wow, you mean I could have led them to Christ? Wow, you mean I could have said healing to that guy that was walking with the limp and walking with the cane? I could have had healing in my hands? Absolutely. And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the power of the believer. That's the power of the supernatural. We have the power to live and operate in the supernatural. God doesn't want you live and tormented with devils tormented with the devil, got demons just tormenting your mind. God doesn't want you living that way. There's power available to set you free. There's power for deliverance. There's power for healing. There's power for victory. If you and I would just get out of this normal routine of being a Christian and start realizing everywhere you go, you have the authority of God's Word to bring healing and restoration and deliverance to so many people that are broken in this city. He doesn't want you living with addiction in your life. I don't know how we got here. To, some Christians really think it's okay to live with bondage in their life when God says, I've come to set you free. John 8, 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You can't, listen, when stuff creeps in on you, when you feel it coming in, when I feel frustration trying to come in, I refuse to live that way. i got to drive that thing out by praying in the Spirit, by building up my most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Spiritual warfare is real, guys. We're dealing with some spiritual junk in this world, and don't think it's going to get better until you make it better. Spiritual warfare is not to make you aware of the devil. We started getting into deliverance a lot, and you you see people getting into deliverance ministry, and all of a sudden they, they go looking for devils. I had a guy at church come up to me the other day, and he said to me, Pastor, I just want you to know there are demons in this service. I was like, I think I'm looking at one. Sometimes people get so spiritual, they want to see demons everywhere and there's devils in there and there's a witch in here and there's a warlock in there. All this stuff is going on. Listen, spiritual warfare is not to make you aware of the devil. Spiritual warfare is to make the devil aware of who's living inside of you. And when you're living in spiritual authority, you drive that thing out. You're not here to go looking for devils and try to find all the demons in the church. How about you just live in the power of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit move in you. Listen, if If the devil shows up in here, we're going to deal with him. But we're not going looking at him. We're not going looking for him. We were in youth ministry, and man, Holy Ghost was moving, fresh fires were just going. I I think we were in the the little building over here, the little chapel building over here, and revival's breaking out, and God's just healing. We had to open the windows so the people outside could hear what was going on. And after one great service where the Spirit of God was moving, it was me and Jason Jackson and Keith Spartano and Richard Gerber, and uh, I, I forget who all was there as leaders, but we're all meeting after service, and we're sitting there, and they're like, hey, let's go down to Oberlin, cast the devil out of some gay people (laughs) I'm like what? Yeah, man, let's, let's all go down there and just cast the devil out of people. I said, man, we're not going looking for the devil. We're not going to show up there and try to find who's got a spirit. and all. It's like, no, that's the wrong theology. That's the wrong mentality. We're not looking for the devil. We are here. We're taking territory. We're pushing back darkness. But listen to me, spiritual warfare is letting the devil know we are here. In any way we are, the devil has to go. Amen. Miracles are just a tool to lead people to salvation. In Acts 3:10, and I'm closing. Acts 3 verses 1 through 10. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, at the ninth hour. A certain man was from his was lame from his mother's womb, was carried. And they laid daily, and he laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask of alms for those who were entering the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I get to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately strength came to his ankle bones, and he received strength. Verse 8, and leaping up, he stood, and he walked, and he entered the temple with him, leaping Walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking, leaping, praising God. Listen to me. When you wake up in the morning, you should wake up with expectancy for God to move in your life. Amen? When when you come into the house of God, when you come in for church on Sunday, do you know why worship goes so long? Because they're going to keep singing until you get it. I'm just telling you, if there was such an expectancy in the house, if everybody came in here hungry for God, hungry for a move of God, you'll see the hand of God move. We should expect a demonstration of the Holy Spirit every day because expectancy draws the supernatural into your your circle. When you expect God to do something, when you live every day thinking, I'm going to lead somebody to Jesus today, I've been teaching our people every day. You need to think, who is God leading me to? Who needs to be saved today? Who needs to be healed today? Who needs to be delivered today? And wake up thinking about that, meditating on that. And what you think about and what you meditate on will come to you. Amen? Acts 3, verse 11. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's. Great, greatly amazed. So, when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or our own godliness, we made this man walk? And in verse 19 is the key to this whole story Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about the miracle of that man walking. In religion, for all of us, we read that story, and we are all about Peter and John giving this man a healing. But it wasn't about the healing of the man. It was about the souls that came to Jesus as a result of the healing of the man. When you live in the supernatural, you understand miracles aren't the end result. Miracles are the beginning of the open door of salvation. So we go into a hospital, lay hands on somebody, and they get healed. That's wonderful, but it isn't about getting the person healed as much as it is being a testimony to their family and to their friends, that Jesus healed their body, that Jesus restored them. Why? Because the harvest is ripe, and God wants people saved. It's the end time. Amen. We've made the focus the lame men, but the miracle was all about souls. When we operate in the supernatural, great joy fills the city. Let me tell you something. I've, I've only been here a few times Since we left and since we moved. But I'm going to tell you right now, Lorraine needs joy. Lorraine needs joy. And when this church operates in the joy of the Holy Spirit, it will bring joy to the city. Amen? Avon needs joy. It needs you to operate in the supernatural. Cleveland needs this church to operate in the supernatural. Wycliffe needs this church to operate in the supernatural. Why? Because when we operate in the supernatural, and you got a story, Paul. We've all got a story. I died. I was dead 15 minutes. It's my testimony. It isn't about my miracle. It's about what I can do with my miracle to bring people to know Jesus. All territory that we occupy, the devil has to evacuate. Come on, when Jesus healed the the boy with the unclean spirit in the Gadarenes and he went into the Gadarenes and they got off that boat and it says as soon as Jesus' foot hit the ground, that boy came screaming and running at him came screaming and running. It was all about the territory. He knew that Jesus was coming and he was going to take over the territory. He actually, when he got healed and delivered, wanted to leave with Jesus and get on the boat. And Jesus said, no, you can't go with me. You got to take this territory, son. You need to stay here. And I'm telling you, I've been to Israel 10 times and I'm in the last little bit, I've been there a lot, and I've been going to the gatherings. I want them to take me to the gatherings, and right now, they are uncovering more synagogues in the gatherings than anywhere in the region of Galilee. Why? Because a demon boy was delivered, and he went back to the townspeople, and he told them, look what God has done. Look what God has done in my my life. Your testimony, your miracle is all about the supernatural salvation, coming to your family, coming to your city, coming to your church. Don't ever be normal. Amen. Amen. We need some people who can't live without the presence of God. We need people who refuse to live with normal living and normal Christianity. We need a burden for the lost, a burden for the lost. Mark 16. And I close with this: These signs shall follow them who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly things, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so then, after the Lord had spoken them, he was received up to heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And when they went out, they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word and accompanying signs. This is the heart for the church. Signs, wonders, and miracle. Everybody hold your hands out. Look right at your hands. Your hands are made for healing Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These hands are made for healing. I'm not a healing evangelist, but I am a healing disciple of Jesus Christ. And everywhere I go, I lay my hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Everywhere I go, I tell my story that God raised me from the dead. And if God raised me from the dead, He can heal your marriage. He can heal your heart. He can deliver you from the addiction. He can set you free. Why? Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Amen? Our nation could be changed in one day if every one of you operated in the power of the supernatural. Don't be an average Christian. Don't be a normal Christian. Listen, and I'm a team player. I'm for every believer. And I'm not putting anyone down or elevating one church above another church. But listen, I know which tribe I belong to. <laughs> and it's not the church of the frozen chosen. It's not the church of the nod and God. It's not a boring church. It's a church that is carrying the fire of God. It is a Holy Ghost filled, baptized in fire church that Jesus has called us to. And I refuse to live normal, and I want you to be the same. Amen? Amen. Listen, never chase signs and wonders. Signs and wonders should follow you everywhere that you go. Amen? The supernatural should be natural. This is the greatest time that we've ever lived in, guys. I'm telling you, you can get focused on the bad news and the news if you want to, but I'm going to tell you what. What I believe right now, there is an anointing for souls like I've never seen before. Last Sunday at Destiny Church, I preached, and at the end of the service, I gave an invitation for salvation, which I have done every service I've ever preached. I give an invitation for those that are backslidden and away from God or those that have never known God to give their life to Christ. And last Sunday, when I started the invitation for salvation, there was a young black guy with dreads way down the middle of his back, and he came at a dead sprint. And with everything that's going on, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just said, if you need Jesus, run to Jesus right now. And he broke out at a full run coming right at me, and I just just pointed and I said, come to Jesus, brother, come to Jesus. And he just ran and just fell on his knees. First time salvation, never been saved a day in his life. Smelled like a a bucket of weed. I mean, it was like, when he went by me, I went, woo. Running to Jesus. Two seconds later, three more guys jumped out, ran down the aisle, fast as they could. Like a football sprint, just running, running to Jesus. I'm telling you, we're living in the last days. And we cannot be normal. You can't live this life, this Christian life normal where you just have your daily devotion and go through the motions, come to church every week. You better get the fire of God down deep in your belly. You better get, get stirred up. We've never lived in a day like today. Men used to, and if they wanted to go preach in Africa, Smith Wigglesworth and, and, and Lester that like those guys would go down and get on a boat and it would take them three months to get to Africa in a ship, just going. Today, I could get up in the morning, jump on a plane, fly to Africa, preach the gospel to thousands of people and be back the next day. I'm just telling you, we live in a unique time where we have everything at our fingertips and there's too many excuses for why we're not sharing Jesus. Amen? The church needs the supernatural. The world needs the supernatural. Our families need the supernatural. Don't get offended. Don't get your feelings hurt. Listen, I know that Church on the North Coast has been through a lot. And I know we've been through a lot. And, and Pastor Troy has been sharing with me. I've been praying with him. But well, I'm just telling you right now, don't get offended. Don't get discouraged. Don't get sidetracked. We are not normal. We're not going to live normal. And this is not a normal church. And I'm telling you, God has empowered you with the Holy Spirit to be all that God has called you to be. Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Amen. Why don't you stand up on your feet with me, please? Let's worship the Lord just for a few minutes, guys, if we could. Amen. things that are normal in families if that's you and you're living that lifestyle where there's anger in your heart unforgiveness in your heart if you if you find yourself just living depressed and anxious all the time stressed all the time if you find yourself just living in, in an environment where you you know you're not glorifying god the place to start is right here right now to open your heart and say God I gotta make the changes I can't live that I can't live that way I've got to come to faith in Jesus Christ and I've gotta have healing in my heart so many believers man are coming to church every week but they're not getting deliverance and you need breakthrough you need breakthrough in your life you need joy to fill your heart again Hey, it gets heavy sometimes in life, man. It gets heavy. But situations and circumstances. But you got to find that refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Acts 3.19, times of refreshing comes from His presence. And let the Holy Spirit infuse you with His power and with His love. Everybody smile at me. Amen. And I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm here to get you out of normal Christianity and step into this discipleship mold where you're bringing the gospel and you're bringing the good news and you're bringing the peace of God everywhere you go. You're not supposed to live broken. When, when Troy, when Troy, Pastor Troy was younger, he, he's got a son, Caleb. And uh, Caleb and Troy came over to my house. We were living on Quarry Road there. And uh, there was a little, like, pond behind our house. And Caleb went back there and found a bunch of frogs. And he kept shoving them in his pocket. I didn't see him. I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know. He came up to the house, and when they got back, he's all muddy, and he's just all wet. He's just being a boy. And I said, what you got in your pocket? He said, fog. I didn't know what he said. I, I a frog? And he said, fog? I got a fog? And I said, what? He said, Fog, and he pulled it out of his pocket and it was not moving. And he just threw it away. So that one's broke. Get a pocket full of them. I think sometimes that, that, that's the way we, we go in life. Like it just doesn't matter. It does matter. You, Jesus Christ gave his life for you and he died for us as believers so that we would be infused with power from on high to live healed healthy and whole not to live broken and discouraged and depressed and angry and man that's not who we are you're a child of the most high god you're a son you're a daughter and he wants you living and operating in the supernatural amen father thank you for your word today thank you for your truth i love this family lord i love these people i love this city I love that you brought me back here, God, to remember all the good things that you've put in my life. I love this place. I pray right now that you would deal with every person in this room who is not living and operating in the supernatural. Every person in this room that has found themselves going down a path that you never intended for their life. Deal with them now, God, and let them respond with the giving of their life back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody close your eyes, bow your heart to the Lord. And I just want you to just remember in your mind who you're supposed to be. And if you're not living where God's called you to be, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, maybe, maybe it's been a long time for you, but God brought you back here today. God wants you to know that He loves you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm going to ask you to respond to this gospel message. I'm going to ask you to respond by lifting your heart to Jesus and saying, Lord, I want fresh fire in my life. I want to live with passion and zeal for you. I refuse to live normal in Jesus' name. Now, all over the room, if you're here today and your heart is not where it needs to be with God, let me get, um, like, Marty, could you, like, a couple of, of the men just to come over here on my right, your left. Just stand right over there by that box. And if I could have a couple of ladies that are on fire for God. Erica, I know you're on fire for God. Give me you and Cindy and a couple other ladies. Just come over here to my left, your right. Some of you that are on fire for God, come and stand. Some of them brothers, amen. Give them some more. You got a couple more men that could come and stand over here with the men? Okay, now here's what I want. If you're here today and your heart's not where it needs to be with God, and you know that God's been speaking to you in this message about where you're living and what's going on in your life. I'm gonna ask you right now by faith to lift your hand to Jesus. Just to honestly say, I can't judge anybody. I'm not here to point fingers at anybody. I'm just here to tell you that God sent me here to tell you that he loves you and he has a purpose for your life. And you don't have to live disconnected from the Father anymore amen if you're in this room and you say there's way too much dysfunction in my life i need everything to change i need to surrender to god on the count of three i want you to lift your hand and i just want you to respond to the message of christ you're not going to live normal you're going to live supernatural you're going to be a peculiar people and if that's you right now on the count of three i want you to lift it up high and wave it at me so i can see you all right hands are going up already one two three wave it right now come on all over the room You know God's speaking to you. Come right now. Ladies to my left, men to my right. Come right now. Just get out of your seat and come. Come on. You don't need anybody's help. Just get out of your seat and come. And let us pray with you and minister to you right now. I love you, buddy. That's awesome. Come on, come on, come on. Be an evangelist right now. Turn to somebody and say, hey, do you lift your hand? I'll go with you. You want me to go? I'll go with you. And come, come to the ladies over here on my left, your right. Men, come over here right now. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. Come and let God bring healing and wholeness. Come and let God turn your situation around. Right now, by faith, come in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's worship, David. Somebody, whoever's back there. Yeah. Power to get free. Power to get free. Come on, power, 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 power. Holy Ghost, power, fire of God. Yeah.